Hello. We are here today to talk about patching, a crucial topic in cybersecurity. I'm happy to say we have Renee Tarrin with us, VP of Information Security at Fortinet. She is one of more than 30 contributors to the upcoming book from Fortinet CISO Phil Quaid. The title of the book is The Digital Big Bang, The Hard Stuff, The Soft Stuff, and the Future of Cybersecurity. The Digital Big Bang puts forth a big history style explanation of cybersecurity. It's the kind of explanation you may have seen in Guns, Germs, and Steel or Sapiens, two popular big history books. In the book, Phil Quaid proposes a framework for creating a truly scientific approach to cybersecurity. Phil Quaid's ambition is to find a way to systematically address many of the problems that have risen up because cybersecurity was not properly incorporated into the design of the internet. Renee is an expert in patching and in monitoring real-time cybersecurity operations as well. And today we're going to talk about what she can teach cybersecurity professionals about these topics so that everybody can do a better job. My name is Dan Woods, technology analyst and founder of EarlyAdopter.com, a research publication that focuses on high-value use cases and how to create multi-product platforms to implement them. My team and I played the role of editor for Phil Quaid's book, which came out in preview at Fortinet's Accelerate Conference in April 2019 and should be published by John Wiley in August. So, Renee, super happy to have you with us. Thank you. Now, you know, it's really interesting that something that seems so boring can be so important. You know, and when we think of patching, you know, there's no, you know, crime novels, you know, about patching, you know, on, on, on 24 or Mr. Robot, you know, they don't talk about patching. But it's really like leaving your keys in the car with the doors unlocked. You know, why isn't there more urgency about this? You know, do people get exhausted about it? Are they, are they afraid of breaking something? Well, this seems so important, the way you explain it. Well, why is it important and why don't people pay more attention to it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's several reasons why. Um, for patching a lot of organizations, you know, when you look at the number of patches and vulnerabilities that were released you know, last year, you're talking in the thousands, and that number is ever-increasing. So that creates quite the conundrum for IT professionals who are patching is just one part of their daily jobs. So when you talk about the sheer volume of patching that they need to do, um, it creates quite a bit of you know, overhead for them. Um, there's also concerns in the culture and that mindset of you know, don't break it, if, you know, don't fix it if it's not broken. Um, you know, in our world of always-on, interconnected, um, you know, type men- mentality, you know, the concern is that if you, you put in a patch, and you know, even though you do all the testing in the world, that you know, there's always some certain configurations that may not, you know, work well. Ultimately, what could happen is what you intended to do good ultimately can take take the system down. So there's a lot of concerns about that perspective. Um, you know, and also, you know, it, it's the concern that sometimes there's legacy systems. Systems are so old that they can't support the patch. The hardware or software can't support, you know, the patch. Um, so there's a lot of resistance to change, you know, um, legacy systems because of concern of, you know, again, breakage, but also concern about interoperability with their other systems. Have you come up with any sort of gamification or communication mechanisms to, you know, make the value that's created by patching uh, uh, more visible? Like saying, you know, we, as, as part of our monthly, you know, report, you know, we also applied X patches, which kept us up to date and protected us from vi- vulnerabilities or some other, you know, like 
you know, having groups compete about who's the most up-to-date on their patches, things like that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a firm believer in what gets measured gets done. Um, so we report, um, you know, definitely on our monthly statistics of, you know, where we are on our, in our patching and, and our statistics, you know, going forward, you know, between each of the teams. Next, you know, shared between my, my peers, um, you know, within, within Fortinet to, to try and increase that, that awareness. Because when you look at, you know, some of the latest breaches that have happened, you know, it's not some latest, greatest malware, um, you know, some sophisticated attack. It's because, you know, like you said, they left the doors open, the cars are locked. You know, Equifax is a very good example. It was simply because, you know, they had an unpatched system. Got it. Now, if you start down the road of doing a better job with patching, it seems to me that one of the, the things that you may be able to achieve is one of the goals of, of what has been called cyber agility. And, you know, agility in general, DevOps, you know, CICD, it's all about being really confident in making changes so that, that, that you can have a rapid rate of change and not be frightened. How do you uh, start that process going? And, and can patching be the thin end of the wedge for, you know, cyber agility? Yeah, I think a lot of that starts actually in the building, beginning of the software development life cycle. You know, ultimately, it, it starts with you know teaching developers and you know software you know coders that you know what are good so secure coding practices, you know, and making sure that from the beginning the software is developed you know without vulnerabilities, you know, minimizing the number of patches that ha- that has to be done, um, but also making sure that not only in you know when you're doing the uh, the testing for quality assurance, quality assurance is not only just focusing on the functionality, but also ensuring that the security is there. Now. How would CICD or DevOps work differently if secure coding practices and patching were in, incorporated in them? Um, I, I think that it would work, um, you know, definitely much better because, again, you're, you're, you're doing more proactive versus more reactionary um, activities. So, but, but how would a developer's day be different? Um, I think, you know, you know from, from my perspective, someone that actually used to, you know, do development myself, you know, from my perspective, having that insight, you know, it's always fun to work on later and, and you know, new advanced features. You know, having to go back and fix old code that's written in the past, um, you know, is it, never fun. And it also can be very mundane for the developers. You know, so from my perspective, getting it in advance and doing the vulnerability scannings within your code and software before you do your releases allows you to continue moving the progress bar forward versus having to go back and fix code that you've written, you know, couple of weeks ago, a month ago, and so forth. Well, one of the things that was mentioned in the, the panel discussion that you had was the idea of increasing the visibility about the dependencies so that if you did know that a library needed to be patched, you could then alert all of the teams that, you know, that they needed to rebuild their, their software and, 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 and sort of um, having a better uh, uh, documentation of everything allow, would allow you to do a better job. Absolutely. Um, you know, most developers use some type of third-party or open-source libraries, um, and oftentimes, you know, people use those libraries within the code and then kind of forget about them and not realizing that, you know, there has been a vulnerability that's been reported in, in that um, library. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, within Fortinet, our product security um, instant response team, that's one of the things that do, they do monitor. Um, so when there is some type of vulnerability that's been reported in a third-party open-source library, you know, they go back into the developers to make sure, you know, are they using that version and they have patched it, updated. Um, and then finally, you know, what do vendors uh, need to do better uh, in terms of presenting patches to users? You mentioned a, a variety of techniques that, that 
need to be implemented in order to make patching something that is less uh, problematic. Yeah, so one of the features, you know, the concerns, again, like I mentioned, always on, you know, uh, always having uptime, um, is the fact that a lot of times when you implement a patch, you've got to essentially um, either restart or reboot the system. That equates to downtime, you know, lost revenue, lost productivity. Um, so being able to deploy patches where you don't have to reboot or re- restart a system. Um, another um, aspect is, you know, all-or-nothing approach to patches. A lot of times, you know, vendors will include, you know, within their security fixes, you know, new uh, advanced features. And a lot of times for some organizations, they may not want the new features because it doesn't either, you know, integrate to their system or, you know, changes their processes, but they do want the security patch. Um, but ultimately, you know, they're, they're in that conundrum because, you know, it's all or nothing. So they either fix the patch and get the new features or, or not patch. Um, a third idea is, you know, similar to how database technologies have a rollback feature where if you apply a patch and you get the results that you weren't looking for or it has a negative impact, you need to be able to quickly recover back to the previous state. So similar to like a rollback feature in, in database technologies. Well, all of this is part of becoming more scientific about uh, cybersecurity as Phil, you know, tries to teach us in the book. You know, from a practical matter, how, what are the, like, your easy steps or what is the beginning of that road to becoming more scientific about cybersecurity look like? Um, a lot of it is, is starting with some of the basics in the, in the culture. You know, you have to have the policies in, in place um, and ensuring that, you know, the, the systems that you identify that need to be patched in priority order, um, having that foundation, um, and then having the ability for those people that have that authority to patch, making sure that they have the ability to execute. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is a really good talk. Thank you. Appreciate it.